It's another episode of the City Business Edition on 97.3 CTFM. Hello and welcome. My name is Ni Lati Lati. Today on the show, you know that it's been a week that the International Monetary Fund approval has been topical in the news. Well, the first tranche, which is the 600 million US dollars, is sitting comfortably in the account of the Bank of Ghana. Well, following the approval, how do you think businesses are positioning themselves for what appears to be uh, the long haul, given some of the things you are seeing. That's why I find myself today in the office of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Mark Bedu Abwaje is Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber. He's my guest on the show this morning. Mr. Bedu Abwaje, good morning to you and thank you for joining us. Good morning and let me say good morning to the members of the Chamber, mm-hmm. the potential members and the private sector business operators in Ghana. Well, thank you for, for agreeing to speak to us. Welcome once again. Back. Welcome. How will you say that the chamber is faring? Well, I think the chamber is, is doing well, but largely it also depends on how our members are also doing. Because it's a business association, so if the businesses are doing well, then you can say that uh, the association is also doing well. But looking at the current um, challenges, uh, there are a lot of concerns about the cost of doing business and the fact that there are no money in the system. Mm-hmm. So largely, we are putting body and souls together. I see. Uh, trying to ensure that we survive this difficult moment. Well, anytime we speak to you know businesses and those players in the, in the, in the trade industry, they will always tell you that they are challenged. But even before we come to these challenges, I can see that your chamber is a very big one. The reason I'm seeing this is because of your name. You have Ghana in there. You have national, you have chamber, you have commerce, you also have industry featuring. So, I mean, it's a big association. Can you tell us what exactly you do as a chamber? Okay, so let me give you some historical background mm-hmm. and probably you understand the name. So, the Chamber of Commerce actually started over 250 years ago by our colonial masters, basically to facilitate their trade. So, they looked at areas where there are. Uh, um, natural resources. So we have a chamber of commerce in Takrade for the mining and the mm. western parts. We had one in Kumasi for the middle bit and the northern uh, sector and then one in Accra. And basically what they are doing is that they use it to just put their the product together, the raw materials and export mm. to um, Europe and other countries uh, like America. Mm. That was the initial concept. Uh, of Chamber of Commerce. But in 1968, the first president of Ghana realized that we need a voice for businesses. And the role that the Chamber of Commerce was playing at that time uh, was not promoting and protecting the interests of businesses in Ghana. So by an LI 611 of 1968, the current the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry was established. And the focus changed from just facilitation to promotion and protecting of businesses. So we're given a mandate to ensure that businesses are doing well, businesses get a required support from government uh, to ensure that the right environment is also created for businesses to thrive. So that is basically uh, our role. And we, we've done that over the years. Um, we do a lot of advocacy. Uh, we call it evidence-based advocacy. Before we come out to speak, we ensure that we've done a lot of research, we know the background, what we are saying, and we're able to also offer recommendations to government to, to influence policies in the interest of businesses. We also do capacity building. In fact, if you ask a typical business person what they need at the moment, they will say money. Mm. But if you have the money 
and you don't have the ability to manage those resources, you end up wasting the money. That's the reason why a lot of businesses, especially SMEs, are collapsing in Ghana. So we've taken it upon ourselves as a chamber to build the soft skills of businesses to be able to manage their business efficiently and profitably. So we take them through uh, financial management, risk management, corporate governance, uh, packaging, and all sort of um, topics that will help them to manage uh, their businesses. And another role that we play is to ensure that businesses get opportunity to exhibit their products. So we have inbound and outbound trade fairs. So through the trade fairs, you are able to exhibit your product and sell. And the outside ones, so we help them to uh, be part of trade fairs uh, in the whole world, across the globe. Uh, largely, one important role also that we play um, is networking. Um, we get a lot of people or businesses coming to Ghana seeking to um, establish partnership, joint venture, collaboration with businesses in, in Ghana. Largely, they will need people who are credible and the only institution that they contact is the chamber. So we organize what is called Business to Business, a platform where investors coming from outside the country will get to meet business owners in Ghana. So they can uh, have discussions on how people can invest, on how uh, if you want to be a distributor, you can get um, somebody to either distribute your goods uh, for you. We also facilitate for uh, members to get access to grants and loans and other things. So we have done that and some of our members have been able to get uh, grants that are really helping them in their businesses. Uh, basically, this is what we've been doing and it's a support program um, that we offer to businesses uh, in Ghana. Okay, so that's some rich history that you provided, Mr. Bidwa Abuaji, but if I look at the narration, it as if the, the chamber is not sleeping at all. So for you, what will you say? is one of the greatest you know contributions in the country in terms of advocacy your achievement and all that well if you say one probably you are limiting me because <laughs> we, we have done we have a lot, lot eh? yes uh, but the quick one uh, you know the 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 corporate tax mm. was 32.5 percent it was through the advocacy of the chamber mm. that brought it to the current level of 25 percent mm. and we are seeking to bring it down further. further now what we are doing is to have a tier tax system where the companies a progressive tax mm. system so if an sme you are not paying 25 percent that maybe you pay 10 percent and that is key and that will help businesses in 2017 um we did an advocacy on streamlining the duty drawback mm. the duty drawback basically means that if you import raw material and semi-finished goods and you add value to it and you re-export, the duty that you paid on the raw material should be refunded to you mm. just to enhance the capacity of um, uh, manufacturers in Ghana. And if you go through your process, within five years, you're supposed to get your money. For five years and ten, people were not getting it. So we embark on advocacy to streamline it and to ensure that those who have money with uh, GIA are paid and so instead of going for loan at a high interest rate, that money comes to you and you reinvest into your business. Mm. The very day we did the stakeholder engagement, government released five million to businesses. Mm. And subsequently, they have digitized the process. So now, previously, if you are in the northern region and you want to apply, you have to come to DIA in Accra. Now you can go to on their line and do that. And can also track the stages of your, um, of your application. And for me, it's very key. People are now getting... Mm. 
uh, and their money. The quick one to add is the, the research and the advocacy we did at the port. We call it improving efficiency at the port and harmonizing duties and levies. Previously, there were 17 different government agencies at the port. I mean, a lot of time being wasted, and each of them was taking money from, from importers. It was through our advocacy that really brought about the paperless system. Mm -hmm. And now you go there, systems are digitized, and there are less human intervention, so we can quickly get your, your goods uh, out. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them that we are doing, and every year we make input into the government uh, uh, budget. So the issues of advertising, interest rate, and all those things, are something that we constantly engage government just to create the right business environment for, for businesses and build a stronger Ghana. That is what we all need to do. Uh, let me use this opportunity to correct a, mis a misconception out there that the timber is for big, big companies, <laughs> for multinationals. That was actually what I was about to ask you. You yes. see why I, I said that you are not a small uh, chamber, exactly. you are a big one, of exactly. course. And so from your conversation, I realized that you are more concerned about, you know, the small exactly. industries, so SME, small to medium enterprise and all that. And given your contribution, your advocacy, I've seen that, well, if anyone has a business proposal, this is the right place for the person to be. Sure. Uh, so, um, if I, let me give you some statistics. About 90% of our members are SMEs. Mm. So, whatever we are doing is to promote their SMEs so that they are able to grow to become multinational. Mm. So, you are, if you are doing a legal business <laughs> and you are registered, you, you can join the chamber. That. We have eight branches across the country. Uh, so wherever we are and also now with technology you can go to our website and then you can go through a process and, and, and join the chamber. We have a branch in Accra here aside the head office. We have a branch in Tema, we have a branch in um, Kumasi, one at war for the people uh, in the northern in the part. Northern part of and the then we have Kipkus, we have Takrade and we have Takwa. So you can join the chamber um, and we are also part of the Federation of West African Chamber of Commerce and Industry which is the Chambers of Commerce and Industry in Africa and the Pan-African Chamber of Commerce and Industry or Chambers of Commerce in, in Africa and then International Chamber of Commerce and Industry. So once you join the Chamber of Commerce in Ghana automatically you become a member of this international chambers of commerce and you have a pool of businesses and network you know businesses network is very key. It's very key that's where you can get access to people who would want to buy your product people who have raw materials that you can tap into and people who also have funds and they are looking for opportunity to and even expertise and expertise to 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 invest so if you have a business i think you should join the Ghana national chamber of commerce i'm sure before i leave here i'll be putting forward my my proposal my business proposal for, for, yeah, we are ready for to you, support you, you. That, that is basically our work <laughs> so we are ready to support you interesting stuff there but uh, over the years, what would you see the environment or climate has been? Has it been enabling enough? What has changed? What do you think is the way forward? What would you say generally is happening in, in our business environment? Well, we, there have been instances where we've had a very improved environment. And I think prior to uh, 2022, we had a very conducive business environment. Because when the MPP government came, for me, one of the things that is said that I was very much happy was the fact that there are a lot of taxes uh, in the system, uh, which was killing businesses. So, I mean, I think they abolished close to uh, 17 taxes. And, and around that time, the nuisance taxes. And around that time, I realized that businesses were doing very well. 
and then also the GDP, if you look at the numbers, on average of 5%, which for me is, is, very, is, is very good. Then we had COVID coming in, and the challenge is that there was a lockdown and other things. So a lot of businesses went under. And the reason being that the businesses in Ghana are not resilient. We actually did the research during the COVID time and realized that most of them have not taken risk management into consideration. Um, in their projection, so they are when just going about they are their just normal going duties. Their normal duty. And of course, these are SMEs. That's why I was telling you that capacity building is it's key. That's important. why I've taken it upon ourselves to do the the, the, the training. But, but what, what, what was the challenge? The challenge is that they don't even understand what risk management is. You need to be able to identify risk in your business and put in place the mitigation measures. That is when the source uh, should come, you'll be able to withstand it. So we are taking them through that process as well. So around that time, a lot of businesses went down. So just when we were um, uh, coming up again, then we had these uh, economic challenges that um, is currently going on from 20, latter part of 2021. It's been an extremely difficult year and harsh um, conditions for, for businesses. If you have inflation uh, going up to 54.1% as, as at the end of December 2022, and now it's 41.2%, have consistently the, the policy rate going up to current level of 295 And you know the link between the, the, the lending, the rate, lending rate, and rate and the policy rate. Anytime the, 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 policy, the policy rate, rate goes, goes up, up, lending rate the, also the, goes the, up. The banks will respond positively. Mm-hmm. They are businesses, so the lending rate will go up. At the moment, if you want to borrow, my brother, you, you have to get about 40 to 45% of whatever amount you are borrowing. Which business can survive under such circumstances? And we had multiplicity of taxes. A lot of them. Some are largely counterproductive and inimical to uh, to businesses. The ones that were introduced recently, uh, as as prior condition for us to get access to the bailout of three billion, mm. those taxes for me are counterproductive. So you mean the excise the duty, excise duties, the income tax, and also exactly. the growth and sustainability the tax. The growth and sustainability levy is supposed to be a tax for a short period of time to solve specific problems. We started in 2001 during President Kufo's time as National Reconstruction Levy. And within five years, supposed to go off, they changed the name and they started National Physical Stabilization Levy. Mm. Continuous like that. And then now they have rebranded it, giving it a new growth and a new name, and they are calling the Growth and Sustainability Levy. So it has become a constant tax for businesses. And the structure is that it's on gross profit. Which you cannot deduct as an expense before you pay your corporate tax. Yeah. So it becomes a direct cost to, to, to businesses. And now we come in with the excise uh, duties, which is 20%. All these things, they feed into cost of production. And then you have utility um, uh, prices going up. The IMF document says that there should be automatic adjustment. We have which, already seen it. Yes, which shows, yes. From September last year to now, we have had close to 75% increase in electricity uh, tariffs. Electricity constitutes about 30% of a normal manufacturing firm or a business. So anytime you have 1% increase, you can imagine the effect on businesses. So 
The business environment is harsh. For me, I think we need to do something about the business environment and it's harsh for every business. Be before we come to what needs to be done, in this particular series, I have been engaged in a number of you know, trade organizations. I've spoken to Guta, I've spoken to the Food and Beverages Association of Ghana, that's Fabak. And it appears the, the, the sentiments are pretty much the same. It's all about taxes, it's all about you know, utility tariffs. But what really is the challenge? Is it because uh, Ghana is a heavily dependent country when it comes to importation. Why isn't that the conversation will move to building local industries? Do you think if we move from you know what they call taxation to production, our woes will be over? Yes, obviously. I think that um, um, Excellency the Vice President rightly said so that you are going to move from taxation to production. That is what the discussion and the conversation is supposed to be. We, the macroeconomic management and the micro, they complement each other. But we have used the macro, which is the fiscal and the monetary, to weaken the, the, micro. the, the micro. But the micro is the foundation, that is the productive sector. If you have a very strong micro, you can easily resolve your macro issues. So if you look at the countries that are doing well in the management of their, of their macro, they have resolved all the challenges at the firm level, the industry level. So the private sector is strong, the manufacturing center is strong, and they are producing. The focus is on production. When you solve that, then the businesses will be able to pay more taxes. The businesses will now be able to produce the goods that you are importing. So for instance, we are saying that we import almost everything. The reason being that we don't produce locally. So we have empowered, incentivized our uh, local industries to produce the goods that we are importing, import substitution. The dollar that you will require to import, that dollar will be here. And also those that are producing will begin to export and you will get the foreign revenue to show up your balance of payment. In that case, you will not go and borrow or get money from, uh, from, from IMF. <laughs> When these businesses are also strong, then they will employ a lot of people. Those individuals will also pay their taxes. Those individuals will have a, a higher income that will increase their demand for goods and services. The manufacturing firms will now produce more and enjoy economies of scale. So you can't manage your macro and then leave the, uh, the, the micro. And that's what we have been doing. We think we can solve our issues with taxation. We can't do that until we strengthen the micro, we strengthen the businesses, we strengthen the productive sector. We will always go to IMF every four years. We've been there for 17, 17 times. times. We have not learned lessons. And the reasons why we go to IMF, the reasons they don't change. change. They are the same thing. Revenue mobilization and expenditure rationalization. Let's look at our expenditure. But if you want to generate more revenue from taxes, it's not about introducing new taxes or increasing the rate for existing taxes. When you do that, you get to a point people will be tired and they will find a way to avoid the payment. There is a theory in economics, the Laffer curve. Mm. The more you increase your tax rate, the less your tax revenue because people will now begin to find a way around of, it. Of evading so, the taxes. Yes, of, evade, of, of avoiding the taxes. Tax evasion is, is criminal. Yeah. So avoiding the taxes. Which is the legal one. Which is a legal one. Of course, if you look at the e-levy, the e when they, they pegged the rate at 1.5, we spoke about it extensively. They didn't listen. 
People will now find a way. If I want to transfer money that I can work and give it to the person, I will do that. And so the revenue that they were expecting, they didn't get. For me, the issue now is to look at the productive sector. When we do that, we'll be able to solve the challenges at the macro level. Mm, I see. So the point is to say that uh, because you are not giving you know, industry the needed support, Ghanaian businesses are no longer competitive. The country is not even a favorable destination to conduct business. Yes, it's not competitive. Mm. Because if you look at the, the indicators that I mentioned, as compared to other uh, countries, you realize that we are not competitive. Mm. Our neighboring countries, for instance, if you go to the port, Ghana port now, the containers that used to come in their numbers, they are not coming. Because the duties and the levies and the taxes and all those things, 22 different ones. Meanwhile, there are alternative sources like the Côte d'Ivoire and Togo. So most of them are now using this uh, uh, port. Some have actually set up warehouses there. So they use the port, they store the goods, and they bring them as and when they, they, they want to. So the revenue that you would want to get, for which reason you have introduced the taxes, mm-hmm. you will not you will not get the revenue. So we need to look at some of this some of these things. Our trade policy I've said several times looks more like generating revenue than facilitating trade. It is for that that you have a lot of these taxes and uh, levies at the port. It's not helping. So the picture is that gradually we are losing out on cross-border trade and some of you know the trade arrangements that we've made. Exactly. In particular, because when I spoke to Guta, they also made the same point that we are even losing out on the after. Yes. You see, the after basically is that we have created a common market. And after creates market it doesn't create demand demand should be created by the individuals based on their products the quality and the packaging and also looking for people who are ready to buy these products that is what the situation is now so you can have the market but you will not be able to export because when you don't have the product your product is not competitive Others are selling this product at a lower rate. The danger is that we have opened our market and the likelihood that, I mean, those are the northern part of Africa, the Morocco and the other things, they are producing at a relatively cheaper rate and they will flood our market. Otherwise, we may not be able to benefit from the after, even though we have the, uh, the, the, the head office here. And those who benefit from international trade are those who manufacture, those who add value to their raw materials. I mean, if you have all these taxes and other issues, my brother, it's, it's difficult. And if you interact with the business people, you can have a feel of what is going on. Some are willing to work, but the environment is not supportive now. We are hoping that this will improve. As you hope, but it also appears that things are going to get worse. At least the IMF has given us the indication that well taxes, utility, tariff hikes and all that, they are non-negotiable. They are actually crucial for you know the bailout that we've sought from them. So, two quick things. What's the contribution of your chamber? And you also mentioned that you have a program that is actually helping the country the after end. Talk to me about these two things. Okay. So, as a chamber, we have um, realized, as I've said earlier, that if you don't put in a lot of effort, businesses in Ghana will not benefit from, from the after. So we are doing two things. One is to build the capacity of these businesses to understand what after is, what are the protocols, the rules of origin. Because it's very complex and ordinary 
um, exporter may not understand. So we are doing that. Last year alone, with the support of NIZ, we trained 1,500 exporters and potential exporters on the after uh, protocols. We went around all the capital, um, the regional capitals uh, in Ghana. Uh, secondly, we also believe that we have to go beyond the capacity building and do what is called hand holding mm -hmm. to help them to navigate successfully through the process of exporting uh, and after, which we are doing. We are also very much aware that trade policies affect males and females differently. Mm -hmm. It's gender sensitive. So if you, if you leave it broadly like that, women may not be able to take advantage of after. So this year our focus is on women. So far we have trained close to 300 women and I mean within the next few weeks we'll be going to other regions to train them as well. The other side is also to create demand for them. As we said we are members of WASI, PASI and ICC so the network is there. How do we ensure that the product of Ghanaians are known across this African uh, country? So together with FEWASI, Federation of West African Chamber of Commerce, there's a, a digital platform that our members can go there and you upload your goods there. You can state your price. If you need raw materials, you can easily go there and indicate the kind of raw materials that you need. Mm -hmm. And quickly somebody who would want to buy your product to get in touch, somebody who want to provide uh, raw materials will also get in touch. So we are looking at it from both ends. I'm also looking at it in terms of trade facilitation. So together with GIA and the Ministry of Trade, we have designed an electronic certificate of origin where you can sit wherever you are and apply for the certificate of origin. And also there's a team that ensures that we are registering businesses that are ready to export. So if you have a business, if you have a product that you want to export, you can get in touch with the chamber and it will take you through the process so you can benefit from, uh, from, from after. So after is key, if you're able to do it very well, a market of close to 1.2 billion um, people and over 4 trillion dollars uh, of value is huge and you have to take advantage uh, of that. Mm -hmm. So if there is any business owner listening and then he or she wants you know, take advantage of the services that you are offering, are you able to walk us through the process? It's as simple as that. It requires the ABCD of joining the chamber. First, you should do a legal business. And our activities cut across all the sectors of the Ghanaian economy. So we have agri, we have um, the industry, and then we have the services sector. And we have sub-sectors, so we have 17 different subsets. Mm -hmm. So whatever you are doing, if it's legal, definitely you come under here. one of the uh, sectors that we, we operate. And also you have to be registered with the Registrar General Department. The reason being that we want to be able to vouch for the credibility of our members. Because constantly we get requests from outside uh, the country asking us to link them to people from various sectors, either for trade, for services and other things. So we want to make sure that we, we keep that credibility, we ensure that we protect the interests of the chamber and also the interests of Ghana, the credibility of Ghana. So we will not just 
um, link you to anybody if you don't know him, don't know what you are doing. So we want to make sure that you are ready. Once you are done, you can go into our website. The forms are there. You can download it. And then our marketing team will help you to uh, to register. Sounds simple. Very, very simple. Very, very simple. And so this particular support you are providing actually comes in handy because of, you know, the anticipation or expectation that things are going to get tough for, you know, businesses because of the IMF. Generally, what will you say to businesses? How should they position themselves, you know, for, for the difficult times ahead? So I, I, I will say that we have to raise ourselves up mm. as businesses and also as consumers because cost of doing business is likely to go up and businesses may not be able to absorb all these costs and part of it will be transferred to uh, consumers. If you look at the IMF um, document itself, you realize that it's heavily tilted towards revenue mobilization and you have our cause to complain about what about the uh, expenditure rationalization. In Ghana, if you want to mobilize revenue, it's largely through taxes. And who are those who are paying the taxes? It's the businesses. I think point 24, there are a number of things that they want to do when it comes to taxes and other things. Some of them are likely to affect the businesses. Some are, have been already been front-loaded, as we said, yeah. the, the first three taxes the first that were taxes. passed. And the automatic adjustment of utility prices will also affect businesses. So likely that the impact is there, the negative impact is there. What I'm asking for is how do we mitigate this negative impact? Much as we want revenue as a country, we should look at also building a resilient economy, an inclusive growth economy where businesses are the ones developing the economy. So we need to ha now have a discussion on the impact of this IMF, which we are going to have. There's a program we call uh, uh, the Chamber National Dialogue, and we are going to do that. We're going to dissect this IMF deal mm. and look at the impact on uh, businesses so we can advise them on how they can position uh, themselves. So likely that Prices are also uh, going to go up. So you as a consumer should also be concerned and business should also be concerned. The IMF uh, deal, for me, you see it's a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. Because we got into a point where we could not do anything. We couldn't do it ourselves. We couldn't resuscitate our economy ourselves. There was a need for us to get this support. Our reserve had gone down significantly to, I mean, about three weeks of import or so. Looking at the macroeconomic indicators, we needed the IMF deal. In fact, the, there were a lot of uncertainties. Confidence level had gone down significantly. So those who would want even to invest in the economy were sitting on the fence looking at what would happen. Somewhere around two weeks ago, we had a delegation from uh, Pakistan. And then the discussion was, when is IMF money coming? Are you able to ensure that you stabilize your economy? You have people who would want to come, but they are waiting to see what is going on. Once that money comes, you know, the World Bank will yeah. give you something. The other agencies will also be... There's that credibility. There's that credibility. So you are likely to get a stable macroeconomic environment. But that environment is a necessary but not sufficient condition for economic growth. How so? When you create that environment, now the businesses must be powered, empowered actually to take advantage of that environment to produce. If you use that environment to cripple the businesses, the environment will be there, but you won't get the growth that you want. So you need to ensure that that necessary condition is created. 
and is sufficient enough for businesses to now begin to produce and to thrive and to expand, set up new businesses, employ more people so that you get your revenue. So you don't have to sacrifice the, the private sector for this IMF deal. Once you have gotten it, any time that you've been to IMF, there are always conditionalities. The things that we were supposed to have done as a country that we didn't do. They are telling us. They to are do telling now. us now to do. And the impact now will be harsher because there is a policeman standing there telling you that if you don't do this to your businesses, if you don't increase the taxes, if you don't automatically adjust your utility prices, I won't give you the next tranche. Mm. So you will do it. But if you are not careful, you will do that and collapse your businesses. So the argument generally is that businesses are the health of you know every nation. Yes. But so in as much as we want to show up our revenues and all that, we shouldn't do it at the detriment of yes. you know the key players exactly. in the business. That is industry. what we say that the private sector is the engine of, of growth. growth. Every engine needs what? Oil. Mm. What kind of oil are we feeding the private sector? Is it a dirty oil? They need clean and clear oil, lower inflation lower uh, uh, in, uh, interest rates, Rate. lower uh, minimal taxes, minimal taxes. Uh, if you look at utility uh, prices, they are affordable uh, to businesses. In fact, if you want to go into manufacturing, the cost of utility or electricity per kilowatt hour should not be more than 6 cents. Ours is close to 15 cents, which is way higher. So you are competing with China with Malaysia that have a lower um, cost of electricity, they have lower taxes. So definitely you cannot compete very well. We, we, I think that we have to strengthen the business. In fact, we did a research looking at how productive SMEs and the bigger businesses are and realized that SMEs in Ghana are growth-oriented. Which means that giving the support, funding, lower they taxes, wonders. they will do wonders. So we use close to 3,000 businesses, the account of 3,000 businesses. And if you look at their EBITDA, their gross profit, all of them were making profit. When you introduce the externalities, the taxes, the interest rates, the levies, and all those things, started then all of them were running at a loss. Which means that we need to take that part very critical and consider how we can reduce them to make them uh, um, relatively affordable for businesses. When we grow businesses, I tell you, we can change the economy of Ghana, we can change the structure, and we may not even go to IMF again. Another, we did uh, another research looking at our export to our neighboring countries. So if you are consistently exporting to Burkina Faso, you go there, most of the manufacturing products in Burkina Faso are from Ghana. Talk about pharmacy, uh, pharmaceutical products, the cosmetics, the garments. Consistent, we are doing that for five years. We will get more than three billion. Wow. Yes, close to five billion. And do you think if you get that, will you go to IMF? I do not think so. With with all these conditionalities. (laughs) I I do not think so at all. To the extent that we have somebody from IMF sitting at our central bank, telling us, us. policing (laughs) us, and telling us what we should do. A sovereign country like Ghana. I think we should go beyond that. And of course, the answer to this is the micro, is empowering the businesses and building a very strong private sector. All right, thank you, uh, Mr. Magbidwabwaj, this great insight. And I'm sure that with the support you are willing to provide businesses, 
businesses are able to thrive in the country. But that's our show for today. It's the City Business Edition on 97.3 FM. Uh, my name is Neil Lati. I was speaking to Mark Bidwabwachi, Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you same time next week. Bye-bye.